0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Attention all campers. The All-American Spook Show welcomes you to enroll in Camp Spook Show this summer. We have activities for all ages, including archery, canoeing, swimming,
1: and running for your life.
0: Oh, we figured what better way to start start this this episode of Cult Corner off than with the title. Well, I guess it's kind of a title track. Yeah, uh, the the yes. name of the, the name of the song is "Olympiad Slash Meatballs" by Rick Dees and his gang of I think what the and gang of idiots, whatever the hell the name of his band was. Uh, they would they would best be known for their their super hit in the late seventies, "Disco Duck," but uh. Maybe today I don't know. You might know. Uh, you may or may not listen to it. Rick D's actually does. Like I, I think he basically kind of took over for uh, Casey Kasem and the yeah. you know the weekly top forty. So I think he mm-hmm. still does that. It's like a syndicated radio yeah. show. Um, but yeah, that's him. Yep. That's the same dude <laughs> singing the meatball song.
2: Well, not this lady, but <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess it's him going meatballs. Yeah, but anyways, so this is the latest edition of Cult Corner, <laughs> the latest spook show or, you know, edition of the podcast. Yeah, what the fuck? You know what this is. Goddamn. This is, <laughs> this is the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Donnie. Hey. And the Professor Smoke.
2: Balls.
0: <laughs> All these balls got me thrown off. It shifted my focus. I'm not on my game. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so this is the latest edition of, uh, of the podcast. This is our, the latest sub series of cult corner. And, uh, we spun the wheel a couple of weeks ago over on deadline horror news. And this is what we landed on. This was my choice yeah. to watch meatballs from 1979. Of course, we're continuing camp spook show here as well. This is the the second episode since we began last week with you might be the killer. So hopefully I think, I think we're all going to kind of probably like this one a little bit more than we like. You might be the killer. I, I don't think that's much of a stretch to mm, say that. Yeah. Um, but before we get in deep on this one, I'll go ahead and throw out some of the usual information. You can contact us at uh, allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're on the slash rap Instagram. Um, by searching for All American Spook Show, there's links. There's a Linktree link down in the show notes that should take you to all those things. Plus, uh, our T Public page. We have logoed merchandise and other cool designs available uh, over there. And of course, our YouTube page. Uh, where podcasts get uploaded there as well, but every Wednesday night live at 9 p.m. East, we do Deadline Horror News, where we go over the latest horror headlines and everything. You don't want to miss that. Um, and of course, the big thing is our, our uh, Patreon.com/AASpookShow. You become a patron over there. We have levels starting at a dollar, three dollars, all the way up to a thousand dollars Spook Show Insanity level. Um, bonus video minisodes every Tuesday, including the Library of the Professor. Bonus podcast every month, Crapster Peace Theater, Spook Show Rewind, written articles, all kinds of cool stuff over on Patreon.com slash A.A. Spook Show. So you don't want to miss any of that. Once again, the link tree link to all that is down in the show notes. So please go check that out and please become a patron. Please. Oh, my (laughs) God. We we need money to keep this going. It's (laughs) it's draining us dry. Donnie Donnie has such a high salary that you need to help us (laughs) cover it to keep him on the show so
1: yeah man i don't know yeah
0: but anyways we're know. uh this is a uh, colt corner this is meatballs from 1979 so before we go any deeper i'll go ahead and toss up the trailer for
1: that you saw what he did to saturday night now watch bill murray demolish summer ah! kids from the city escape to the woods for a summer of
0: wholesome fun in the sun. I'm the program director, Jerry Aldini. Is that a bra you're wearing, or are you expecting an assassination attempt? Oh. And I have what doctors call very active glands.
1: Tripper, is there something seriously you know? <laughs> Meet the head counselor who knows the facts of life, but forgot them.
0: So this year each camper will stalk and kill his own bear in our private wildlife preserve. These are the camp rules. we would like you all to we'll take a look at these. Be in here if you want to check these out a little bit later. That's <laughs> the light. Okay. Yeah, for now. But if you don't win, we cut it off. But more important than the score of this
1: game is to score at the big social at our place tonight. Oh. It's not how you play the game,
2: but how you win that counts.
0: Is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week. You'll be cheering for Bill Murray this summer in Meatballs. All right, so there you go. So uh, I guess before we we dive headlong into this one, uh, and before we get into the, uh, uh, the 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 background information or whatever, uh, Donnie, what's your history with this? This isn't this can't be the first time you've ever seen Meatballs. Definitely not.
1: No. <laughs> no, I've seen this movie probably probably a handful of times. Uh, this is probably maybe the you know maybe the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it you know randomly on uh, you know probably TBS or something uh, something on uh, like network uh, you know just on
0: or maybe local, a, local tv yeah, or
1: something yeah yeah just local tv whatever mm. whatever's on of course it is all chopped up and everything but yeah i've seen it on you know vhs i've seen it on fucking dvd i you know uh, watch it streaming you know but yeah um, yeah this is always you know just great memories you know watching uh, watching this with my brother and you know uh, just growing up watching it yeah. mm.
2: What about you, Smoke? Uh it's same as Donnie, basically. It's uh probably seen it again, maybe you know, four times or so. But all of those times, with the exception of this time that we wa- that I just watched it again, they were back in the eighties and uh maybe in the early nineties, maybe I saw it one time. But uh, so this is the first time I'd seen it since early nineties or late eighties.
1: Yeah,
2: same, is, same. I've forgotten thing. a lot of details about it.
1: It's
0: been a while for me, but it's been way sooner for me than it was for y'all. I've seen this like in the last 10 or 15 years. I bought this on DVD like early on. This is like one of my, you know, probably first 20 or so DVDs. Because that's the one that I still have, the DVD that got released in 1999, I believe, when I looked up the release information there. Uh, That's the one that I have. Um, This movie was released on VHS and Selectivision uh, back in the 80s. But then it was released, finally released on DVD in 1999, then a special edition DVD was released in 2007, and then it finally got released on Blu-ray in 2012, so even that's been 10 years ago since it was released Mm. on Blu-ray. So yeah, this this is a, I mean, that's why it's on Cult Corner. This is a cult classic. My my history with it is probably about like y'all's. I probably watched it on local TV, edited back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, and then... I bought that DVD and I've probably watched it a time or two since then, but it has been a while. It's, it was one of my favorites growing up for sure. Uh, some of the background information that I was able to dig up some of the usual information I should, I should say, uh, there was an alternate title that I thought was interesting. Although I couldn't find the origins of the alternate title. Like it didn't say where this was an alternate. Maybe it was a working title. I'm not sure, but the title was just summer camp. <laughs> simple,
1: simple enough. right? I'm glad. It's, yeah. Glad they went with meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, at least that's a little more memorable.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because really, it it, it doesn't make any sense. So you know, you're just, <laughs> you're just like, what the hell does meatballs have to do with anything? If, if nothing else, you'd be like, that, that's interesting. I got to see what this is about, right? Although I'm sure the selling point at the time, because this movie was released June 29th, 1979, was the fact that this was the first starring role for Bill Murray, and you know, he's coming hot off the heels <laughs> of Saturday Night oh, yeah. Live. You know, uh, with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd and all those guys, some of the hottest acts and, and Belushi, some of the hottest acts going. Right. And yeah. this was yeah, his first I mean. this was his first starring role. He had been in some other like some short videos and, and and bit roles and other things. And I think he'd even done some voice work and stuff. But other than SNL, this was like his big coming out party meatball. So I'm sure that was one of the biggest um, draws back in 1979. Uh, but it was released that summer by famous players, uh, CFDC, which is like the Canadian film, basically the Canadian film board, whatever the hell that stands for. But it's a Canadian, holy Canadian film, basically. Uh, and Halliburton films distributed by Paramount Pictures. It was rated PG with a total runtime of one hour and 34 minutes, uh, on IMDb it's listed just straight up as a comedy. Uh, Mm. And it was filmed at Camp White Pine in Halliburton, Ontario, Canada. And yep. uh, some other points around Montreal, Quebec, Canada. From from what I can tell, August 7th through September 13th of 1978. So, you know, pretty much damn near a little less than a year until it actually got released is when they filmed this. And from what I can tell, the budget ranged somewhere between $1.2 and $1.6 million. But, uh, especially for the time, very impressive. A worldwide gross of 43, just over $43 million. Yeah. Uh, so this was a certified smash hit, you know, yeah. uh, b- even by somewhat by today's standards for a movie made that cheap, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, 43 million bucks. They made their money back and then some, um, mm-hmm. that particular weekend that it came out, I've got the, I've got a brief box office, not even a top five. This is just the top three, um, because you know, they weren't as good about keeping up with, uh, such stats back then, you know, at least, uh, that we look back on. Um, this was number three from what I could tell. And it's opening weekend. Uh, this would be domestically, so here in the U.S., it only made seventy-seven thousand dollars in this first weekend. Number two that weekend was uh, the first Alien movie, which it actually moved down from number one for the latest Bond movie, Moonraker. Moonraker, yeah, Moonraker. was number one. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but yeah, obviously Alien and Moonraker went on to, you know, a lot of success, and so did Meatballs, but. Yeah, that's just a little brief snapshot there because we don't have the complete box office there. But it had various uh, releases that we just went over a second ago. And it actually had three sequels. Meatballs Part 2, <laughs> which came out in 1984, <laughs> which was on the poll for piece here for the month of June. But it, it got beat out by old Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> so Ernest P. Worrell wins again. <laughs> but then in 1986, two years later, Meatballs 3 Summer Job. Was released and then 1992, Meatballs Four came out. Now I think that one had Corey Feldman in it.
1: I don't know. Uh, one thing I was reading is that the uh, was it Meatballs Three is the only one that has a direct story reference yeah. to the yep. original.
0: Yeah, none of the others tie together. That one had uh, another guy playing Rudy Gerner. Remember the little kid? You know, kind of the main kid that mm-hmm. Bill Murray befriends in this one. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's an older version of. Rudy Gurner in that movie. And that was played by Patrick Dempsey in that movie mm. from 86. So yeah, but that's the only connection, any of these meatballs movies, <laughs> I guess they wanted to kind of turn it into a national lampoons type of thing, maybe where there's like different stories of different camps, you know, yeah, going on with these. I I guess. <laughs> but that's talk about, you know, we were talking about that a little off air before we started recording. You We want to talk about a le- hard left turn from this movie to to part two, right? Smoke. I mean, Two different kinds of movies yeah, all together, totally,
2: really. Totally different atmosphere, uh, story I mean, just quality of script and eh, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's putting it mildly.
2: Uh, yeah. It's got that goddamn alien in it. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> goddamn. Alien. As a kid, when I watched that movie, I was ten years old when it came out, and that was the funniest thing to me when that alien like lifted off the ground. What was? was like, smoking what, or what the whatever.
0: fuck was that? Like, was it? <laughs> Was it supposed to be like a some kind of comedic take on ET or something? I guess I don't oh, know. Yeah, that, it, it, was, it had to that was,
2: he, he, It came out in 82, and I believe I think we looked it up. Maybe that I can't remember. It was 83, maybe no. That one came out in 84, 84 in 1984. 84. Yeah, it yeah. got re released again, too. It was so I remember it being popular enough before it ever even got on VHS that it had been released a second time in the theater.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that until it
2: finally so it was still very much in the consciousness, I think, of the public. And I, I that's the only thing I can surmise from that is that it was just a takeoff of ET. I don't yeah, know why have, else they would have had it in.
0: There. <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm completely blanking on that one movie that's uh, s- s- like silly shit like that with the alien in it. Mac and Mac- me? Yeah, Mac and yeah. me. God damn it. It's it's kind of like. On the Crapster uh, piece yes. poll, uh, the very first one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you're right. Yep, yeah. yep. That was uh, back in, I think, yeah, February that, or something.
2: That was later, though, right? A little bit
0: later, oh, yeah, yeah, Mac and me was like closer yeah, to the late Mac 80s. Was like 89, yeah, maybe 88. <laughs> yeah, it's late 80s, something like that, but yeah, <laughs> still no
1: excuse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was just that time period, man. They're like, ET was such a fucking smash hit that everybody tried to cash in with their own yeah. cute little alien thing, you know, their little spin on it. And yeah, woof,
2: I, I can think of too at that time was uh, Explorers, I don't remember if that was. It. Eighty four or eighty five or eighty six or something. Mm. Yeah, again, that they went out in that. I don't know if you remember Explorers, where they build the spaceship out of the Tilta World thing. Yeah, because they find this little orb that can like power the the ship, you know. So then they go up out of space, and then they meet aliens, of course, humorous aliens that they, you know. <laughs> okay, but I, I completely
0: forgot mean. about that. Good lord! <laughs> Thanks for putting mm-hmm. that back back out of the memory banks.
2: <laughs> go, by, I, yeah, go back, yeah, go back
0: in, go back in. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, i'm sure it will be like we always say well we'll get to that eventually but anyways this movie was directed by ivan reitman who obviously you know went on to bigger and better things even yeah. you know although this, this was, was successful feature yeah um you know he, he well,
2: was this a uh, big budget one right or his first studio film but i remember one he did before this now at the time yeah,
0: the earliest movie
2: yeah. but it was a uh, cannibal girls that that uh hmm Grindhouse movie basically all the way back in '73 that he did that one. and I guess he just did writing and producing until this movie, right? Which he wasn't even going to direct, anyways. But he wanted uh, who did he want to do it? He wanted uh, John Landis, he uh, wanted Manu John Bird
1: Landis Bird, to right? do it. Yeah, him and Harold Ramis both wanted John Landis, but he you know, he turned it down. Obviously, was this around um,
0: the same time that uh, American Werewolf in London?
2: When was that? Well, Blue brothers, it brothers after that,
1: 81. Okay, I think
2: do this. Uh, uh, Landis he was working on Blues Brothers and couldn't do meatballs because uh, of that.
0: Okay. Well, he made the right choice.
2: I decided to do it himself.
0: Now, this was this was the start of the start of a pretty good little string of uh, of films that Ivan Reitman directed though because right after this, 2 years later was Stripes and then of course the biggest one probably of his career Ghostbusters 1984. Ghostbusters. <laughs> For some reason Legal Eagles is stuck in there, but then he did Twins, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2, Kindergarten Cop And then it, you know, started to fall off pretty hard after I guess you could argue it started with Kindergarten Cop, but, yeah, it it fell off pretty hard after that. Like, uh, and unfortunately, Ivan Reitman is no longer with us, by the way. He he passed away, and I think we covered that on Deadline Horror News. Rather recently, yeah. Yeah, it happened back in February of of this, no, it was this year.
1: Oh, was it? Yeah,
0: February of uh, 2022 Mm, when he passed, so, yeah. Unfortunately, he's no longer around, but, I mean, he produced a ton of stuff, too, so obviously... Um, yeah. You know, leaves a huge lineage of uh, of films and things that we all of us love. The writing credits on this one; it was written by Lynn Blum, Daniel Goldberg, Janice Allen, and Harold Ramis. Now, of course, Harold Ramis will be best known as Egon from Ghostbusters, yeah. uh, but he had a, you know pretty good, successful career. Other yeah, than as an actor, yeah. yeah. Well, even beyond as an actor, as a writer and a director yeah. and producer himself. Um, yeah, uh, I mean he he's got double the writing credits that he did as an act, you know, as, as acting credits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I mean, he, he direct, I believe he directed Groundhog Day, right? I think, I kind of think that's where him and Bill Murray, if I, if I'm not mistaken, had a little bit Others. of a falling out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when, when they did. Yeah. yeah.
0: After Groundhog Day. But uh, yeah, I mean, once again, unfortunately he's no longer with us either. He, he passed back in February of 2014. So it's already been, mm-hmm. that's hard to believe it's already been eight years since Harold Ramis passed away, but. Um, wow. Yeah. But, uh, it's the movie stars, of course. I mean, like we can go down the list. I mean, I, and I'll list off a few here, but really all you need is starts and stops with Bill Murray. Right. I mean, he's, he's the biggest star bar none of this film. Obviously, you know, like we said earlier, you know, he, he got his beginnings in SNL and, and, uh, and really his feature length right here. But ever since then, all the way up to this day, uh, the dude just keeps cranking them out. I mean, obviously he was in the, the first two Ghostbusters movies and that first mm-hmm. Ghostbusters launched them all really. But he's been in a ton of other movies since then, like Lost in Translation, Rushmore, Moonrise Kingdom, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. You know, he he kinda got in uh with that crowd of uh uh what is it, Wes like Anderson. Art House. Yeah, like the Wes Anderson movies yeah. and stuff like that. He's made a ton of those with him. Uh a lot of good stuff. I mean, like he he's kinda made that more serious turn I th- I would say probably what, sometime in the late nineties, early two thousands where He's still, he's still comedic. He's still doing his thing, but uh-huh. like he really does more serious type of fare more often than not now. And then and then he'll occasionally sprinkle in the comedy. You know, like basically Bill Murray just does what Bill Murray wants to do. And even starting here, if you think about it, in this movie, this is more like, all right, Bill, it's a summer camp movie, and we just want you to act like yourself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, bet
0: you, a, I bet. I bet you half of this was movie. improv.
1: Yeah 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 that carries through in uh you know some of these scenes like you mentioned um well actually we didn't mention uh we we do have record of it but uh um the the whole speech about you know it doesn't matter if we win yeah. um you know that, <laughs> that 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 basically all of that just it, does because, it does matter
0: it does matter. <laughs> it also stars Harvey Atkins as Morty. You know, remember they they keep joking that, you know, they keep saying his name is Mickey. Hi, it's Morty. Hi, Mickey. You know, that's like the running joke throughout mm-hmm. the entire, I saw something where apparently that joke comes from the fact that apparently I guess mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse's original name was Mortimer Mouse. Yeah. So every time, <laughs> every time they mention Morty Morty's, Hey Mickey, you know, like, but you know, it's kind of a deep cut, but I guess that's kind yeah. of where the, the gag comes from. It also stars Kate Lynch as Roxanne. You know, she's basically the, uh, the uh, I, I, not uh, quite his girlfriend, interest, but yeah, I she's the love interest of Bill Murray's Tripper. Uh, who else? Uh, you got Jack Blum as Spaz. I, you'd have to wonder if that's some relation to Lynn Blum, one of the writers, right? You, I, I didn't look that up, but
1: oh, are, I there's did two Blums read where he was. Uh, he was actually the casting director for. Uh, he he kind of doubled as the casting director for Canada.
0: Hmm, okay, there you go. Not
1: not the entire country, just yeah. <laughs> this film. <laughs> you know? The entire
0: country. A
2: joke, guys. I'm so, in Toronto. I'm over here in British Columbia. So he, oh, so
0: he casted everyone that lives in Canada is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So,
0: <laughs> um, mm. Russ Bannum is Crockett, uh, Christine DeBell is AL, uh, Sarah Torgov is Candace. I mean, like, you know, really, I mean like a few recognizable faces, but not many that went on to bigger and better things yeah. really. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly small main cast. Um, yeah. This
1: was also, uh, like a lot of them, it was, it was not only Bill Murray's, you know, first, you know, starring movie, but, uh, uh, it was a lot of that, a lot of theirs too. Yeah. Um,
0: it was more and, than it, and, you, and you can tell, I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah. that kind of movie, <laughs> yeah. but it, it all lends itself to that. So, you know, it's not like anybody did a specifically horrible job, you know, they all did their roles well, but yeah, you can tell that, you know, it's a, it's a young cast probably a lot of their first uh, experiences on a big movie, you know, whatever. So, uh, you kind of get what you get. Really? That's all I have. I mean, was there anything else you guys wanted to point out before we, before I go through the plot summary and then we get into the, the heart of the matter? You
1: know, this was uh, this was shot at, at, uh, like, like you mentioned, uh, Camp White Pine. Camp White Pine is actually still open and running today. Hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, that was kind of shocking. You know, I don't say shocking, but I guess you can always renovate those damn cabins or whatever. But, yeah. Um, Hell, some of no, those places was,
0: probably don't even renovate that often. They're just like, well, they're yeah, they're supposed to they be rustic cabins, so they just, yeah, they yeah. kind of leave them that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, there was a uh, 2008 movie uh, called Camp Rock um, mm. that actually used the same exact camp location.
0: Really? Hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, which I'm sure is on our uh, list of uh...
0: Yeah, we put together a list of movies so we can kind of play with it and that was on there.
2: It's intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's mission. Tasty treat down at the snap bar. Snap bar. For
0: you listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I went over to Audible and I just typed in meatballs <coughs> to see what would pop up. And surprise, surprise, it's got nothing to do with this film that we are talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing that pops up is Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs slash Pickles to Pittsburgh by Judy Barrett. Uh, That one's 26 26 minutes long, so obviously that's a kid's book. And I think that's what they, I guess that's what they uh, um, made those movies. You know, The Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I guess that's the basis of the movies. The Incredible Adventures of Jack Flanders (laughs) by Meatball Fulton. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost five hours long. And uh, let me see, just anything more interesting here. Uh, Well, that's another one by Meatball Fulton. This dude's name is Meatball Fulton. Uh, let's see, Meat Meatball Sunday by Seth Godin. Uh, that one's almost five hours long, and I don't know some like a marketing book or something. But <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is. It's just some dude in a like a chef Bar- chef borde's hat, and it says Meatball Sunday. Is your marketing out of sync? Uh, I don't know. But anyways, if any of those things sound interesting to you whatsoever, and they didn't really to me, unfortunately, this time around, uh, you can go to download your free audio book today by going to audibletrial.com slash show. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash show for your free audio book. So uh, there you go. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Donnie. You can read that. Yeah. It's
1: a kid's book. Good.
0: It's a kid's book. It'll like, take you 10 minutes to read it.
1: I don't give a shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fuck them kids, yeah. says Donnie. <laughs> fuck
1: them kids. All right, yeah, so- speaking of uh, fuck them kids, uh, so it seems that you know, the parents just kind of ship these kids off and like, yeah, spend <laughs> we'll see yeah, you yeah. at the end of the summer. Yeah. That's that, what he says to his kid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you never really got much of the story there with uh what's his name, Rudy, right? Yeah. Wasn't that his name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rudy. You never really got much backstory. Like, why is he so sad and downtrodden? Like, you know, he didn't the, want to be at camp. Well, why? Like No,
1: it, so- it was uh was it it was they were they were playing soccer. And then, like he sucked at it, and then they made fun of him. For yeah, but sucking even
0: at before it. that, even before that, when his dad's like, "Well, we'll see, you. I'll pick you up at the end of the summer or whatever," you know, like it already seemed like he was down and out even before that. So, like, oh, yeah, it seemed like know. there was a story to be told there that they never went back and, you know, my dad beats me, you know, something, you know, he <laughs> never got any of that. Yeah. Maybe they I didn't want to get too heavy with it. I don't know. Um, but before we get any further, now I've got a couple of plot summaries here. One is just a sentence that IMDb puts up, but then I've got another one that uh, someone else posted up. The sentence is, Wacky hijinks of counselors and campers at a less than average summer camp. Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) We'll see you next time for The Burning. Uh, That'll be next week. (laughs) The other one is a a little paragraph. Uh, This was posted by Wallace Entertainment over on uh, IMDb. Rudy goes to summer camp full of rowdy teenagers. The head counselor is Tripper Harrison, the prank-pulling, girl-seducing, fun-loving... Teasing both his boss and the counselor. That didn't make any sense. Teasing both his boss. (laughs) It just kind of (laughs) trailed off there. Uh, Teasing Teasing his balls. Teasing. (laughs) (laughs) Balls. Balls. (laughs) Teasing both his boss and the counselors at the nearby rich kids camp. He and everyone else are sick and tired of always losing the camp Olympics every year. And Tripper must encourage all campers to try their hardest. And even convince young Rudy that this may be his chance to feel better about himself. Uh, I don't know, that that might be sugarcoating the movie there a little bit. Yeah, I you know, good. But, a little bit, a little bit. Well, I guess uh, in my notes, right off the top, we can start yeah. right at the very, very beginning when yeah. A yeah. Tripper plays the, uh, makes the announcement. Everybody wakes, wake up, wake up campers or counselors or whatever the hell. And then he plays the national anthem and it's just some random bagpipes. It's not even like the national anthem to bagpipes. It's just. Here's, here's like 30 seconds of bagpipes. All right. Now, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on to the training. And that's
2: how the credits start.
0: Are you ready for the summer? <laughs> oh,
2: no. They have to start the credits with the bagpipe song, right? Yeah. Maybe, like, oh, yeah, man, yeah I think you're right. I think <laughs> the meatballs title comes over the bagpipes.
0: Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I think the credits actually start like right out the gate when like Bill Murray's waking up and. Yeah, it, all oh, that. Yeah. yeah, I think you kind of start to see him then, but yeah. And
2: then, yeah, then it goes into the other song. Of the summer. Yeah,
0: you kind of know what you're in for, like right out the gates. You know, it's just pure Bill Bill Murray. Really, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, I, I I didn't see it anywhere, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. If, like seventy percent of this is, uh, quote unquote, scripted improv. Like, all right, yeah. Bill, here's where we want you to go. Go, you know, and then just let him do his thing, you know. <laughs>
1: I guess there's a re- for some fucking reason there's a reporter there talking about Camp Mohawk and how mm. expensive it is. He's like, yeah, this is a thousand dollars a week. Yeah, um, and then thousand dollars a week, and, and then and, Tripper uh,
0: comes up as the uh, the activities director or whatever. Yeah, of the-
1: yeah. I forget what he's what he says his name is. Anyway.
0: I, like a, some kind of activities director, some fake ass name, and yeah. yeah. And then he starts going off about all these activities that they have planned. And then one of them was sexual awareness week. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I love that. That that's probably one of the funnier that parts. was too, hilarious. Because the setup is like basically, all right, we give each we give each kid a $1000 and a, a thermos or a thermos full of coffee and we, and we ship in 200 hookers or whatever. <laughs> And then, and then you have to travel the world, and uh, whoever wins gets to rape and pillage the nearby village or something. Like, and the reporter's like, "My God, this is incredible!"
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, this movie was uh, rated PG. You know, for, to to have all—I mean, granted, PG in the '80s was completely different.
0: Yeah, well, there um, was no PG-13, right, Smoke?
1: Yeah, at that time, no. Uh,
2: until uh, Gremlins and uh Indiana Jones and the temple of doom prompted
1: one <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, something else that he, uh, um, mentioned, well, yeah, that reporter mentioned it was a thousand dollars a week. <laughs> uh, so a thousand dollars a week
0: to go to camp Mohawk. Yeah. To yeah,
1: go to uh, the rich camp, camp across the lake. So a thousand dollars a week in 1979 equates to just under 4,000, uh, <laughs> $4,000 a week in today's money. Yeah. Um, The average summer, because basically what they, you know, what, what it seems that they, they did was just send these kids away for the whole fucking summer at the summer camp. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the average summer lasts 94 days or roughly about 13 and a half weeks. So the, the total cost of camp Mohawk per kid was over (laughs) $53,000.
0: You mean adjusted oh, for inflation?
1: Yeah, adjusted yeah. for inflation. Yeah. <laughs> today's money. God. Over 50 well, even grand. even
0: then, let's just say, like you said, uh, 13 and a half weeks at a thousand dollars a week would be, you know, thirteen fourteen thousand dollars. Even in back, you know, nineteen seventy nine money. Oh yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, even in today's <laughs> money, you're just like fuck that.
0: And maybe that's part of the gag, right? Like, well, this is you know, this wasn't, this wouldn't really be a thing. So let's fuck it. Yeah, but then, a then week. again,
1: you know, that was the rich kids' camp.
0: Yeah. Still though. Yeah. Even then that, that's crazy. And you you mentioned that there, like shipping them off for the summer. I made that point too, when I was writing stuff or when that's when I was just kind of thinking about the movie or just the premise, not the movie, but the premise of summer camp. So basically like they set it up like, all right, school is over. Now it's time to ship your ass off for the summer. You know, like we're going to send you there for the entire summer. And then as soon as you get out, it's time to go back to school. It's like, that's fucking depressing. You know, if you think about it, your damn parents don't want you around that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Ship Uh, this fucking kid off for, I don't want to spend any time with you whatsoever.
1: I was at summer camp for like two weeks and I was in like maybe fifth grade. I I mean,
0: I remember going like a couple random camps. I think the longest I ever went to one was like a week. You know, most of them were less than a week. So I guess my question is, is, A full summer camp, even like has it? I guess it's one point or another. It was a thing, but is it still a thing? Like, I'm just going to send my kid off for two and a half months. Like, is that? I mean, I'm
1: sure it is a camp Mohawk.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you know, if you got
1: fifty three grand.
2: Yeah, Smoke. Did you ever go to summer camp? No, I never did go to summer camp. Just one time at band camp
1: though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where'd you stick the flute at?
0: Uh, that that yeah. was a time for experimentation in my younger days. <laughs> the, the, the whole premise of an entire summer though, that just seems extreme. I'm just saying. Yeah, That seems like a lot. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Yeah, a lot. You know, it's
1: funny though. Uh, I, it's, it's a running gag for my folks and I, but uh, um, they said, now you make sure to write every day. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, I'll write every day. I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote every day. I just never fucking mailed the damn things. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And then they're like, when they go to pick me up, they are like, you know, where's
0: I told the letters? you the letter
1: right. You didn't say anything about fucking mailing them. Yeah. So I had all these fucking letters. I had So you
0: come and give them like a shoebox full of letters.
1: Here you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know now. <laughs> yeah, <let me> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, I guess kind of getting back to the movie, the, you know, the when when uh, uh, I guess Tripper uh, gets on the the intercom says, you know. <laughs> The mystery meat contest. Yeah,
0: so and so little Joey wins uh, by saying it's it's some kind of beef.
1: <laughs> some kind of beef. Yeah. yeah. Last, he was close uh, last week was veal, or last night was veal. Yeah, on it, the was veal. it was veal. It was <laughs> veal. What he said? He said he say win?
2: Win a Chrysler, a Chrysler, whatever. Yeah. Go see Yeah, I think he said it was a,
0: a Chrysler Cordova. Go, go see, Chrysler. go see Morty to uh, cash your prize in.
2: I assume that was Morty's car. I, I yeah, guess Morty yeah, probably. probably.
0: Yeah, probably. He
2: yeah.
0: seems like. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's one of the running gags in the movies to keep fucking with Morty. So then the, the one gag yeah. where they just they they pick him up while he's asleep in bed, they tie him to the bed, then pick the pick the bed up and then tie it in. They don't tie him <laughs> to a tree. They tie him in the trees with his nightstand (laughs) and his (laughs) nightstand still got like his alarm clock and his medicines and shit like sitting on it. Like, but it's right beside him. And then that's of course all the, it's like parents day at the camp. So that's when everybody's (laughs) driving by and honking and stuff. But then it's just a running gag throughout the rest of the movie. Like that they put Morty in his bed in different places. Like when at one point he's just across the street outside of the camp, uh, at the very end they put him on like a, a little, like kind of a, a tide log float, and just push him out into the lake so he wakes up in the middle of the, or in the morning floating <laughs> in the lake. He's just sitting on that float out in the lake in the credits. Like yeah. everybody leaves. All right, goodbye. And then he's he's floating out in the lake, but he keeps falling off. Like and it was like it's on purpose. It's like <laughs> he just like he he gets up like, "Oh, son of a bitch." And then falls down into the lake, then gets back up there and kind of looks around and falls back in again and like <laughs> this plays out at least 3 or 4 times during the credits.
1: One of my favorite quotes, uh, was actually do, when they were playing the, uh, I guess the basketball game, trippers got the, you know, the guys in the, in the huddle and he says, uh, Bruce Lee, patron of self-defense, pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And that's their, yeah, that's their little, <laughs> that was awesome.
0: I think it's one of many lines that I'm, I'm, I'm oh, always yeah. positive. were just improv by him. Like in the moment, like, like, you know, the big speech, you know, what we alluded to earlier, yeah. the, uh, it doesn't matter speech. That just yeah. feels like the whole thing was just made up on the fly.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, like totally. just
0: fuck it. Like, Bill, here's what we want you to, you know, here's a brief outline of what we want you to talk about and go. And then they just cut the camera on and he just does that for 30 minutes. Cause even, even the kids and stuff that are there, you can tell the way they're looking at him and the way they're laughing yeah. that the, the like, what he's saying, like, this wasn't scripted. He's just, no, he's just <laughs> going, just, you like, know, he's just like, saying it. <laughs> And then yeah. they all decide to start chanting along with
1: it. I mean, you know, we make a lot of ball jokes, and you know, uh, in here. But when, when he's uh, when he's talking about the, uh, they're they're having the I guess it was the eating competition between um, <laughs> him and the stomach. Yeah. He <laughs> says, "Look at them steaming wings." <laughs> Look oh at them teeny wangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking no holds barred makes a reference. Yep. Look yep. at them tiny wangers. Tiny wangers. Look at
0: them. <laughs> it ain't even worth it. But <laughs> nah. uh, well, oh, well, I mean, man. I guess we can wrap it up by saying, like, wh- what about the ending? I mean, it kind of seemed abrupt. Like, this was a fast summer, right? <laughs> like, it's like the whole summer. I know, yeah. you know, it's only an hour and a half movie, but it's just like, they're just chugging along and certain things happen. Like, all right, well, that's it. <laughs> Rudy, I'm glad you found some self-confidence. It's time to go check out. And then he just gets on a moped and and drives away.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It
2: felt more like, you said, like a normal summer camp movie where you go for a week as far as all the events they had. What were they doing the whole summer? Were they doing the exact yeah. same thing the whole summer, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> the same events every day for like two months?
0: Yeah, it all it basically it all climaxed with the, uh, the Olympiad, right? Like that was the big moment. Yeah. Uh, they have this big Olympics between uh Camp North Star and Camp Mohawk and uh of course Camp North Star, you know, wins because uh Rudy, the 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 kid that w- was made fun of and everybody's like, Oh, this kid ain't worth a shit. <laughs> even like most of the counselors are just like, Oh god, it's him, you know. <laughs> but of course there's the big redeeming moment and then that's pretty much it, you know, like, all right, you found yourself. Goodbye, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah something else is the uh um now granted this was Actually, something I had found that I just just now remembered, Uh, there was a um, something I read where, you know, yeah, this was filmed at an actual summer camp with the actual kids that were at the summer camp. And, you know, they were all excited to be, you know, uh, I guess, you know, part of the movie, I guess, for the first like week. Mm-hmm. But then they got they got tired of uh, the film crew, like, you know, because th- they want to do enjoy their summer and, you know, do all the stuff at the summer camp. And meanwhile, you know, sometimes the uh, the crew would be late doing stuff. And, you know, they they'd, they'd want to do all these, you know, all the activities they had planned. But that <laughs> they'd be yeah, yeah. Late, the, the like two or three life. hours.
2: Here, stand, stand back here and hold this Frisbee for 30 minutes. Yeah. I get these recent. <laughs> yeah. <and> they got <laughs> other
1: stuff they wanted to do.
0: Yeah. You just stand over here and act like you're having fun, but not actually yeah, so they,
1: have fun. Yeah, they actually uh, some of the kids uh, from what from what I read and you know understood, they actually tried to sabotage some of the fucking <laughs> uh, some of the fucking um, footage. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, this this was a it, it's a classic. I mean, like well, yeah, it is. It, it's yeah. harder to uh, talk about like a pure comedy like this, you know, because like you really kind of laughing along with the movie as opposed to like at like poking holes and laughing at certain parts of it but yeah yeah it's it's very well done you know for the for the time and uh i think it holds up fairly well i mean there's a couple of uh jokes in here that you probably could not get away with in a movie today but not not as many as uh for instance blazing saddles or something like that right i mean there's, <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah Blazing yeah. Saddles ain't going to happen again, you know, like but this, you know, they could make some version of it. You know, you put it in perspective of when the movie was made, you know, like we've brought up a couple of times on these types of movies. You know, it just kind of is what it is and you don't dwell on it. I guess we've pretty much said all we're going to say as far as, you know, the, the things that we wanted to point out and everything in a roundtable discussion. And and I'm sure, uh, like, like, obviously, Will hasn't been here in this episode. He'll have his thoughts and his star rating and everything, uh, you know, when he's back on next time uh but until then donnie i guess i'll toss it to you first uh what's your star rating on this one
1: you've already said it this is a you know this is a classic tons of memories you know watching this seen it several times still enjoy it i'm gonna settle in at about three and a quarter all right smoke what do you say
2: yeah it's uh it was nostalgic because like i haven't seen it since probably the early 90s at the you know the last time more than like or late 80s so it was kind of a watching it, and i remember oh yeah okay i remember this part i remember that the song i hadn't heard that song in a
0: while. which <laughs> so, yeah, one the, the meatball meatball
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'd forgotten about that song but then when you hear it, you're like oh yeah just needed to be brought back to the surface so yeah it was a uh, brought back good memories and it, and it like you said it holds up as a comedy these days pretty much echo and donnie's rating on it three and a quarter but i'm gonna go with two it's a uh, cool to see bill murray at his first uh you know, first major feature length film role. Oh, which I meant to mention this earlier too. John Belushi is the one that talked him into that to <laughs> actually accepting. Yeah. You oh, should do okay. this. You'll, starring role. you'll, you know, you be starring in your own film basically. So you should do this.
0: <laughs> one of the selling points or one of the taglines that I saw for this, it might've been on a poster or video. I can't remember where I saw it, but it was basically like, this is animal house at a summer camp was the quote, you know? So yeah. There is some truth to that. You know, there's some some good comparisons, Mm -hmm. although not quite the same. But, you know, you get where they're getting at there as a selling point. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's fair enough. Um,
2: That's, of course, I wanted Landis to do it (laughs) initially because of Animal House. Yeah,
0: I guess I'm just going to go with you guys and we'll we'll hold chalk at three and a quarter. I mean, it it deserves it. Something that I grew up watching, you know, it does hold a little bit of sentimental value. So I'll give it a little little extra boost there, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a well-done... Summer camp movie, I know it came out in 1979, but, you know, a lot of movies that came after this, uh, the summer camp comedies and stuff kind of mimic where this one's coming from. Mm. I'm not going to say it was the first, but it was definitely one of the first to really started, like, kind of a movement with these type of movies, you know, throughout the
1: 80s. Um, Yeah, certainly one of the better ones, I would say. There
0: there is something to be said about, like, summer camps, you know, and I'm sure we'll get to this throughout the summer here for Camp Spook Show, like summer camp movies are generally, if you look at them, they're generally (laughs) horrors or comedies or a horror comedy. Mm -hmm. Not many other. Yeah, there are some, but not as many as horrors or comedies or horror comedy. So, uh, I think it's a, it's a good mix that we've had, you know, we have here with the cult, Cult Corner, and of course, you know we'll see what comes out of Cannon fodder with Camp Spooky Show. We we haven't decided what we're going to land on for that one yet because it doesn't look like Cannon made too it, many uh, summer camp movies. So
1: it really, from from you know, from what we can tell, it boils down to two movies that that yeah, really just
0: yeah, and those are loose. Like those aren't necessarily directly yeah. summer camp movies. Those are just kind of
1: they're just like teen comedy uh, type. Yeah, you know, and it's maybe should we say the two
0: uh what was it hot chili and something else hot chili and hot resort yeah <laughs> hot resort <laughs> so yeah I mean, it, what do you do unless we find something else it's probably going to end up being one of those two for cannon fodder yeah. i mean we'll, we'll find out some way to come to a decision on that one but it'll be one we'll of those probably the, spin the wheel <laughs> yeah probably yeah, So we'll spin the wheel for two choices but uh, yeah, we'll figure something out, but we got until July to figure that out. But, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there for now, and we'll get Will's Will's uh, thoughts and his star rating on this one. But uh, and, until we completely move on to next week.
2: Bonnie, where's the cult connections? Come out
1: and play! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, I've heard it before. I know, but still... Yeah. Oh yeah, this just keeps going keeps too. Going. So yeah, I know. I know it does. I know it keeps going. So uh, no, we were kind of talking about this uh, uh, before the show. But uh, so there was uh, there wasn't any anybody from the cast. Uh, there was you know no previous connection. And basically, what we do with the uh, cult connections, crap connections, with the uh, crypt connections, uh, we we do, we take the current movie and then we. Uh, try to find any uh cast or crew members uh that have been in past spook show episodes and we connect those you know to the current film um no one on the cast for meatballs um but we did have well i guess you could call um two i guess crew but um The first one is going to set up the second one, which I didn't have the second one like uh, Josh actually found the second one. But uh, the first one is uh, the composer for um, an American werewolf in uh, London, Elmer Bernstein. So he was the composer for Meatballs Mm. and as well as uh, an American werewolf in London and Josh, you want to say what the uh, the second one is and yeah, she found it's, it? Yeah,
0: it's also connected to an American Werewolf in London, and that's the star David Naughton wrote a track for the movie. I, I'm blanking on the, I just had it making it. I think it was the name of it.
1: Yeah, making it. Yeah, yeah. I, we
0: were listening to it briefly before. It was that, I think it was in that scene in the movie when they had their little dance social dance, and yeah. you know Bill Murray's out there dancing to the song, and it was making it. Yeah, that was sang and I guess put together by David Naughton, the star of. Uh, an American Werewolf in London. So that was an interesting connection.
1: Yeah, yeah I thought an that interesting was cool. it makes sense there. with the uh, the composer being, uh, you know, uh, also from the same movie.
0: And and I'm, I'm not sure if it was a huge hit or anything, but I think that did get some radio play and was actually a little bit of a hit um, mm. for the time when this came out. And the, the soundtrack was pretty interesting, too, simply because, you know, the one that we talked about off the top, uh, that, <laughs> that Meatballs by Rick Dees, <laughs> Uh, but you also had David Naughton doing that. I mean, and, and are you ready for the summer? That was the North star camp kids chorus. So I guess they got those kids together, uh, to sing that song that, you know, that's played a number of times. And, uh, there's a couple other tracks by Terry black and, uh, CIT song. That was, you know, the, the song that they sang, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the counselors or whatever at the end. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the soundtrack actually did fairly well too, you know, for considering for the time. So. And that song by David Naughton actually made it on the billboard. Yeah. Uh, it looks like billboard number five made it up to number five in the mm-hmm. charts at some point. So yeah. And good friend by Mary McGregor. That one actually charted on the billboard charts to at number 39. So
2: yeah. I wonder if that's the one, I don't know if that's the one, but I was, we were talking about this before the show. There was some song that seemed out of place for a camp. It's very sort of slow and melancholic and all that. I said, it was kind of reminded me of, That somebody, some lady walking down the street in New York city in the seventies window (laughs) shop. That
0: that could have been it. That could have been the one. I mean that, like I said, that did chart.
2: I don't remember it by name, but that's the only other one in there that didn't have that summertime vibe. I don't
1: think maybe (laughs) that's what uh, Rudy listened to that bummed him out. (laughs) (laughs) so. He was just fucking depressed by Mary McGregor. God damn it.
2: (laughs) I noticed that every time he was on the screen. Well, until him and Bill Murray started hitting it off at the camp before that, Every time he was on the screen, the somber music would come on, yeah, too, the it yeah.
0: sounds right, but. <laughs> You instantly just get depressed as soon as Rudy shows up. <laughs> it's
2: like, damn Demi you, oh, damn it's you Mary
0: McGregor. Now, Mary McGregor was actually famous for, uh, she she was or I should say, best known for singing this, uh, the song that came out three years prior to that, Torn Between Two Lovers, one of Donnie's favorites. Uh-oh. Torn Between Two Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so next week we're going to be returning back to our horror reviews with uh, episode 113. Uh, I don't know if that's an, as unlucky a number as the number 13. I guess 113's all clear, right? Who, who the fuck knows? But anyways, this was my choice this time around. And finally, I got to choose an old one. So I decided to go, go for one of the bigger ones as far as like, you know, a summer camp slash or whatever. And I chose The Burning from 1981. So here's the uh, brief IMDb synopsis. A former summer camp caretaker, horribly burned from a prank gone wrong, lurks around an upstate New York summer camp bent on killing the teenagers responsible for his disfigurement. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I don't think, I I know Will hasn't seen it. Uh, Smoke, I'm not even going to ask you, I know you've seen it a dozen times, but Donnie, have you seen this one?
1: Yeah, I've seen it a few times, actually. This is definitely one of the good
0: ones. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen it, but it's been a long time, so this is going to be almost fresh for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's been so damn long. So
1: yeah, it has been a long time yeah. for me as well, but I, I I do recall it.
0: I'm looking forward to it. So that'll be next week as we continue through our uh, Camp Spook Show series here for the remainder of the summer, and we'll we'll let you know as the weeks go by what what else we've got planned. Because after that is a Spook Show Spotlight, so we haven't quite figured out what the topic is going to be to wrap up the month of June and then that'll lead us up to Donnie's choice on the 4th of July. So we'll, we'll see what he's got planned mm. what, what he's got rolled <laughs> up his sleeve. There. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh,
1: I'm, I'm currently even, looking at the list. Yeah, so you've, we'll got, see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you've got one of the newer ones too. So uh, that's going to make yeah. it even more interesting. Um, but yeah, so there you go. So hopefully, like I said, Will will be here next time. He'll give his thoughts here for meatballs and, uh, hopefully he's here for the burning. Just remember every Monday, 6 p.m. East, this is where you'll find the podcast. Go over to our YouTube channel, patreon.com slash spook show for bonus stuff. Go to the link tree link down in the show notes for all of that. So, uh, for Will, who couldn't be with us, Donnie, Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show podcast and we will talk to you next week as we continue Camp Spook Show.
2: Uh, it's now 9.30, and that's lights out time. 9.30 as you know.
1: Tomorrow is Parents Day, and you must look rested or Morty will be sent to the state penitentiary.